listening to Grace and People, a podcast about the people of Grace and Peace Austin. Welcome back. I am Nate Oinanen, and in this episode, we have a sister interviewing a sister. Both of them go to Grace and Peace, and we have Margaret Williams interviewing her little sister, Caroline Page. I wonder if she calls her a little sister. I do that with my little sister and my little sister is not little. She's like 37. Um, Caroline Page is an Austin original. She joined Grace and Peace in 2017 after moving back from New York City. She lived there for six years. She's now the director of development and marketing for Friends of the Children Austin. She lives in downtown Austin and lives with her dog, Olive. Margaret Williams, also a native Texan, native Austinite, who also lived in New York City for a really long time. Um, She is a mom of Caroline and Ford and wife of Matt Williams and spends her days wrangling books for Wild Sam Field Guides. Um, Her family has been at Grace and Peace since 2015. This was recorded on March 3rd, 2021. Let's listen in. Hi, I am Margaret Williams. Uh, it's the first week of March and I'm here with Caroline Page. Hey, Caroline, I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, Margaret. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for our discussion tonight. Although I don't know when people will be listening to this, but we're recording it at night. So I want to let everyone know that um, Nate asked us to have this conversation and we're both super excited about it. but we we should confess right up front that we do know one another. Caroline? We know each other very well. We are actually sisters. Yes, but you never know. I find that conversations like this sometimes with people you know really well, very well, um, you hear some things that you've never heard for the, you know, that you're hearing for the first time. So maybe that will happen tonight. We have been told that our voices sound similar, so hopefully people can distinguish <laughs> the two of us. We will see. Our grandparents didn't always know who was on the phone when we would call. but That's true. Oh, I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that, that we could trick them with our voices. Okay, so Caroline, I thought we would start tonight at sort of the very beginning. Um, can you give me the rundown on where you're from? what your childhood was like, and even like go way back, like tell me a little bit about, um, I guess I should say our grandparents, your grandparents, and who were they and and what did they do? So I, uh, we are both, I mean, I can answer for myself, but then also we both grew up in the same house. Um, We, I am a native Austinite, so grew up in Austin and actually our our family goes back pretty far in Austin, particularly on our dad's side, um, many generations um, in Austin. So grew up in West Austin, went to um, public school, kindergarten through high school, graduated from Austin High. Um, I think Austin, I I think I probably didn't know what a special place Austin was even as growing up because I just thought, wow, this is a great place Mm -hmm. to get to call home. And there were, um, it was a much smaller much smaller town then. There were not nearly the um, wonderful restaurants that there are now. Um, But um, yeah, grew up and our grandparents, let's see. So 
Um, we had wonderful grandparents on both, um, both sides of the family. They are all deceased, unfortunately. Now, um, my, and we all lived really close actually. So we were always really, um, spoiled. And then our grandparents were always in the same city as us. So they would come to sporting events, come over for holidays. We'd go to their house, particularly my grandparents, our grandparents on, um, our mom's side, we would see a lot and would stay over with them. Um, and really I would say that, um, my Nana and Papa, my grandparents were some of the most, um, important people in my life and shaping who I am today and just their example that they set in their family and in their marriage and in their faith. Um, and just, what's, what's one of your favorite memories of Nana or Papo? We, we call them Nana and Papo. Their, their names were Bess and Jim Gerst. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell a memory and then you, and then you, you okay, I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, go back on the interviewee to the interviewer. Um, I would say that, let me see, gosh, there's so many good memories. Um, one that definitely pops out is we would, we would spend the night at Nan and Papa's house a lot, like on the weekends or if our parents were out of town and would have sleepovers there. And my grandmother had kept just so many treasures of um, old clothes, like of hers and even her mom's and then clothes that like our mom wore in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And so I um, was very girly um, and feminine as a young child and would play dress up all the time in these like mm -hmm. beautiful dresses from, you know, the 60s and 70s that I, I honestly wish that we still had many of them today. But um and hats. She had a lot of hats actually in a, in her closet. And so we would mm -hmm. play dress up all the time and, um, you know, make Papa laugh with our silly outfits and, um, yeah, yeah she just had all those hat boxes at the top of her closet. That's such a, yeah, me too. She mine, had a lot. Of one of mine is that when they had their house, they had lived in a house, um, over in Highland Hills and just, right nearby where our brother and his wife live now, but they had a Creek behind their house and it sort of flowed under the house, but went underground and then popped out across the street and like just a, you know, a little stream that, you know, the neighborhood, you know, people in the neighborhood played in and we would put paper boats in yeah. the stream behind their house and then run and see if it would pop out. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's fun to a lot of good times at their house. And then I think the other big thing was just, we spent a lot of, um, summers going to Rockport, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. one of the, on the coast and it's a bay fishing town and really kind of a very simple place, but we would yeah. spend summers, um, not the whole summer, but we would go almost every summer with Nan and Papo to the beach and have mm -hmm. lots of fishing times and homemade ice cream and a lot of naps. Nana always make us take a nap. In the yeah, middle that was, of the that was key. <laughs> Caroline, what did, okay. So you grew up in Austin. What after high school, what happened? So I stayed in Austin and went to UT. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought that I would, would go away and, um, travel elsewhere, but, uh, for college, but ended up comparing every school that I was visiting to UT and 
finally realized that UT was where I wanted to go for the next four years. So stayed in Austin, but it did feel like a, um, it did feel like a totally different world living on, you know, being close to campus and mm-hmm. uh, being in such a huge university environment. Um, so I, I loved being at UT. I studied journalism, um, writing, mm-hmm. always thought that I would, um, work for a magazine or newspaper. Um, it's interesting. We've, that's is interesting. Now that's not the work that, that you're in. Right. Um, I started in art, the art world and art history and now have sort of like found this sort of wonderful, glorious home in print publishing. But right. No, I, 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 it's, I always think that's so interesting because I have such memories of you having like talking about like late nights at the all call day office and, you know, journalism classes. Not the all call day, the daily Texan. Oh, a daily Texan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Daily Texan. Oh, office. Me, yeah. No, the, anyway. yeah, no, I loved, yeah. I loved writing for the daily Texan yeah. and um, loved going to UT really. Um, I mean, just have incredible friends from UT. And obviously there was a, mm-hmm. there was a kind of a cross section of some high school friends and people that I went to summer camp with. Like um, we both grew up going to camp Longhorn and that all landed at UT. And so mm-hmm. this was, um, it was really, um, special. And there were times that it would have been, um, you know, nice to have gone to a different city, but, um, that is definitely what I did after college. So once I finished UT, um, I actually was wanting to go live in Africa for, um, a time period. Cause I traveled to Africa, um, for a summer in college. And it really just felt like um, something I kind of wanted to do sort of different and adventurous before mm-hmm. launching what I thought would be my journalism career. Um, yeah. and so I ended up working for an organization, a faith-based organization called Africa Renewal Ministries that is out of Uganda. And so traveled to Uganda some, but then worked for this organization and planning a children's choir tour for 21 kids from Uganda that came to the U S. Um, and we, then we traveled around for six months with, um, African, British, American leaders, Ugandan children. It was crazy, um, but it was it was an incredible experience. And so I did that for, I guess, almost two years after college. That was my mm-hmm. first job. And then that's what really got me into um, the world that I'm in now, which is in the nonprofit field. Um, but then after that, I moved to New York, where you were. Mm-hmm. You were already in New York. I was already in New York, and we overlapped for six years. Well, I was there for six, we overlapped for four and a half years. Okay. Okay. Got it. I, yeah. We overlapped I there almost five years and it was so fun. Yeah. Living, yeah. In, living in New York was wonderful. And I had met Matt, my husband at that point, or I met him right before you moved to New York. Well, that was the summer that I was there. Right. Yeah. The summer that I, right. yeah, that was a funny memory. The summer Mm-hmm. I lived there for a summer, you know, to, to intern with you <laughs> in right, the, right, right. in the, uh, the studio of the artists that you worked for. Right. Um, I think I got paid in cash and, um, <laughs> no, that was a, that was such a fun summer. And then yeah, you were there yeah. for real the following, I guess, May. Yeah. It was a couple years later. Moved. Yeah. And then, uh-huh. so we overlapped in New York for almost five years and it was so so fun and great. And what, like, what, what do you think was like the pivotal thing that made you decide to move to New York, New York city, I should say. Yeah. Yes. New York city. Um, well, I think that having 
spent some time there for a summer in college. That was helpful mm-hmm. in kind of understanding like sort of what is it like to actually live in New York City. And it's right. very different than when you go and travel and go to a Broadway show and are in Times Square. It's a totally mm-hmm. different experience when you're living there. Um, and I just always sort of felt a felt a tug from New York, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and so it was, it was kind of a shock to the system though, because I had been traveling around with African kids in the United States, staying mm-hmm. in churches and homes and then moved to New York just a couple months later. And it was a totally different right, world. Right. Um, but just the appeal, the, the big city, the, the hustle and bustle of New York definitely called me for sure. And the fact that you were there and were married at that point, And I had a bunch of Texas friends there mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So it felt like kind of felt like a natural next step. Yeah. Fun fact is that, you know, many years into Caroline's New York tenure, um, at that point, Matt and I had had our first daughter, Caroline and Caroline had this Caroline, my sister, Caroline, we, we named our daughter, Caroline, you know, in honor of, of the Caroline I'm speaking to right now. Anyway, <laughs> adult Caroline, <laughs> little Caroline, little Caroline's um, two-year-old birthday party in your very New York City courtyard. Yes, yes. <laughs> where maybe rats were were running around the morning of. <laughs> yes, I spotted a rat. You were, you were panicking, up. knowing that all of these little toddlers and their parents, <laughs> overprotective parents, yeah, <laughs> were, were about to were about to show up. Yes, Caroline, what? Okay, let's let's speed up a little bit because I also want to hear sort of what what you have going on recently. So you moved back to Austin, um, and how many years ago has it? How many years has it been since you left New York City and moved back to Austin? I let I have been back four and a half years in Austin, so it's been a while. And so what? Um, what pre pandemic? What like what were the what was what's your life like here pre you know pre COVID? Like what were the three things that sort of occupied your thoughts and your energies and your, and your time. Pre pandemic. Um, so I would say, you know, certainly work and, um, like family and friend relationships, mm-hmm. um, which that hasn't changed. Those things have still remained post pandemic. I have the same job that I did before, but I would say, um, a lot of time and energy was spent thinking about what my, activities were and plans and what was, where was I traveling to? Like, where was my next trip or um, what were I doing on the weekend or in the weeknights? And, um, that has really shifted, um, the, the kind of the, the activity, the, the busy schedule, um, does not, isn't, does not really exist now in the same way that it did before. Um, while there's still, you know, I still live in the same place, Mm-hmm. Um, I live downtown. I have the same job and same friends and family, but um, time is just spent differently now than it was before. Would you say like, is that, has that been a silver lining to you? I mean, I know there's been a lot of hard stuff, but has there, what, what, ha- what have been your silver linings over the last year? Um, I would, I would say a silver lining over the past year for me is the quality time that's been spent with, mm-hmm. with, particularly with friends. I mean, I think family, that was something that always has existed, but I would say, um, even more so rather than sort of 
like busyness, um, the time that I've spent with people right. and really just the closest people to me. So kind of closest group of friends or family is sitting outside and having just talking and having drinks right. or going on a walk or like it's been outdoors. It's been very intentional. It's been uh, so, yeah. It's been so purposeful that it, that it, it's had a lot of meaning. Yeah. And I, so I, I, should, I should, I'm going to interrupt you here to say that you are a classic extrovert. Yes. Well, I mean, so are you. I'm a little more in the middle than you are. Well, I would say we're like an extrovert with an introvert wing. I mean, you are like true blue extrovert. Yes, I am. I also live by myself. So I think I live by myself with my dog. You live with Olive, your wonderful dog, who's a big part of all of our lives. (laughs) Um, But I live downtown. And so I think that like I have to... I have to leave to like go see people and be around people. So I think that that's something um, that was definitely scary at first with Mm -hmm. pandemic hitting. And then I would say, you know, fairly quickly realized, okay, how I can be around people safely by being outdoors or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting sitting by a pool or, you know, being able to still maintain relationships. Um, But it just is much more intentional and honestly, just kind of more um, kind of in quality time, I would say. What, what, um, how have you kept your community or how have you kept it strong over the past year or how, how have you not kept it strong? You know what I mean? Like, I think there, you don't have to t- put some like big bow on it. It's, you know, yeah, it's been a hard year, um, even under the best of circumstances, which, you know, you and I have both been blessed to, you know, stay healthy and, you know, yeah warm, comfortable homes and all of that. But how have you, yeah. Like what are the ways you've found that like you've built community, you know, both whether it's secular or Christian, you know, yeah. You made that a part of your life. I would say that, um, you know, it's been hard in terms of like church community. Um, I, I do think it's been hard not being able to go to church on, you know, I mean, I know we have outdoor service now, but it's still different. Um, there's mm-hmm. not that, you know, same kind of closeness, but, um, that has definitely been a hard thing. Although there's certainly nice things too, about watching church from home and having a cup of coffee and still mm-hmm. like that connection. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've, I would, I will say I have not been as nearly as consistent in going to my parish group as I, as I, was before because we were meeting virtually for a long time, which I think is hard to have a virtual social interaction right. at the end of the day where you're spending a lot of your time doing virtual work. Um, but the, you know, where our parish group is meeting outside now, but I would say that, um, I think that the difference is that I've, I've definitely maintained seeing my, my closest friends, but there's people kind of on that periphery who you, right you run into at a party or at someone's birthday or at a restaurant. And that just doesn't, it's just not happening as much right now. And I think, um, that actually is hard because you feel, I, I realized there was someone who I saw last weekend that I haven't, I hadn't seen in a year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, know that I've, I've noticed that too. It's like you, the people you see, you're like, you feel more rooted in them than maybe ever, but then there's sort of no one else. Right. You know know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no middle ground. So it's like, you know, right. We have our community of, you know, um, you know, our kids, friends and their parents and, and, you know, friends from church and, you know, from other pockets of life and you, but you really are only seeing a very small group of people, 
yeah. you know, even if you would love to be seeing more. And, but, you know, so it's like the, the wonderful thing of that is it's usually like, it's been like, I will say like the past year, like the time spent together has been, you know, pretty deep conversations and also just very real conversations. You know, I think it's sort of stripped away. And at the same time though, it's like, but a lot, I mean, a lot of people haven't seen one bit. So right. it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of dichotomy. Right. Well, and I would say a unique thing about us is that, um, our parents are here, right? Our brother and his wife are here. They got married during, during the pandemic. They were supposed to have a the very beginning, a different wedding than, than they ended up having, but they, right. they got married. Um, and so we, I mean, I've been very aware of my gratitude for still being able to see family. We've mm -hmm. all remained healthy, knock on wood and have been able to see each other. Um, and it's still hard because right. You know, it's complicated with other, with other people you're seeing and kind of right. the, COVID, right. the COVID dynamics. But, um, but that's been something I've been extremely grateful for and time with my niece and nephew, your two children mm -hmm. who I love right. dearly. And, um, still have gotten to see just as, just as much really, if not. Absolutely. More. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know if like part of this too, is just that, you know, Caroline and Ford are, you know, young and anyway, um, make sort of gathering with people a little more complicated with young kids. But I mean, obviously we've made an effort to, you know, be with friends in, in different ways, whether virtually or in person. But I mean, Matt and I joke, it's like, Oh, our, families are only, are only friends now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we have, we have, we're all really close and we're all, you know, we close right. emotionally, but also, you know, we live, we all live near one another. Um, and we, we like each other, thankfully. And so that's been, yeah. 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 I think it's been hard to not, um, go into an office in the same way that I right. was previously. Right. So I, um, but yeah, tell me, I, we, I, I think we only have a few more minutes cause I know there's sort of a time frame that, you know, we don't want to go on and on, but yeah, tell, if you'll tell, um, the listeners, can I say that? If you'll tell the listeners, um, what tell like real quickly what you do. Cause it's, you, you have s s your work life is so rich and you work for the neatest organization. Yeah. So I am the, um, director of development and marketing for friends of the children, Austin. So I oversee our fundraising and marketing, so communications and fundraising. And mm -hmm. so friends of the children is, um, an organization here in Austin that provides, we provide professional salaried bilingual full-time mentors for children starting in pre-K and kindergarten children who are facing the greatest barriers and challenges in our community. Um, and we stay with those kids until they graduate from high school. So mm -hmm. it's really different than a right. volunteer mentorship program, which is what most people typically think about, like a big brothers, big sisters or something, which is, which is great, but our model is, is really different. Right. And so, um, my job is spent, um, raising money because it, we have a, we have yeah. a team that are salaried and, um, so that's been, I mean, I would say that my work, the work has been so intense for the past year because the work that we do is already serving the most vulnerable population and they are even more vulnerable right. now. So there's been a lot of, um, I would say weight and responsibility and also reward. And the fact that our work has been so busy and important. And, and if I hear the phrase now more than ever, again, I'm going to go crazy, but it's like <laughs> they need us now more than ever. I feel like, you know, um, so that's been, 
that's been interesting, but it's been hard to not be in the same kind of physical space in the same way that we, we typically would be. Okay. So I'm going to end things with a rapid fire. Oh gosh. I'm surprising you with a little bit. I feel like you haven't gotten to talk about yourself at all. No, that's okay. It's okay. We can, we can flip, I flip the tables, but remember I am the official interviewer. Okay. Um, Okay. So what book are you reading right now? I am. What's on my nightstand? Um, God Save Texas uh, by Lawrence Wright. Okay. What is the best movie you've seen in the past six months? Ooh. Ooh. Best movie I've seen in the past six months. I would say I watched, just watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Was that good? I thought it was good. But that's maybe because it's just the most recent. I haven't seen that many movies. I've seen I know. I know. I would say Nomadland. Mm, I haven't but seen again, it. I just watched that recently. It was really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, shows. Not as many movies. What'd you say? I said I've watched a lot of shows, I would say. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Um, favorite color? Navy. Favorite word? <sighs> Plethora. Nice. That was just the first thing that came to mind. Mine's acquiesce. I'm always oh. that. was so beautiful. <laughs> Okay. Um, first trip out of the state that you will take when you feel like you can first trip out of the state. Yeah. Um, I, my best friend lives in California and I would love to go visit her and take a trip to Ojai, California. Okay. Where we've kind of there's a group of my friends that we've gone before and we were desperate to go back. Okay. Sounds so delightful. That might be, yeah, that's, that's a top of mind. Um, is maybe to do a fun trip to California. Okay. Um, last question is what is your favorite thing to cook? Ooh, um, anything from the defined dish cookbook maybe is what I would okay. say. Cool. That has been a silver lining. I would say of, the past year as I've cooked so much more on weeknights than I typically would. And, um, I don't know what I would do without the defined dish cookbook because it's been a, it's been really fun to work through and cook. Okay. Last real question is what, what's your hope for our church? Um, I mean, my hope would be for us to just continue to like grow together in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there's, we have leadership that I think as is, you know, fairly new with the church and will continue to grow. Um, and I just hope that our relationships can be strengthened. And I hope that we can be, um, a light and a witness for others in Austin and in our neighborhoods and communities. And, um, and that we would get to be back worshiping in person and kind of a, non-COVID way at some point when that feels... I know. I'm so excited about that. I feel so hopeful about that too. I do enjoy the outdoor service, but it's, you know, it's different. Um, Yeah. 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 No, it'll it'll be... Keep to yourself. And so... Hugging will be, feel like just really, really a gift. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
and coffee and donuts and all the <laughs> right. I will say so. Um, our kids, Caroline and Ford, who are eight and six, they <laughs> they bring up the donuts a lot. <laughs> I mean, it makes you realize what's really the most important about church. Maybe maybe the donuts. Are too much I know the word and donuts. <laughs> <laughs> the donuts were a big deal. If you were the person that had to pick up the donuts, oh, I know, I know. Will, that was a big donation, please. And right, right, right. Yeah. Do, yeah, do that. No, but I've been, I've, I would say I've been so grateful for our church community, people just checking in on each other. Um, I, I think just that we've been able to keep going to keep worshiping mm-hmm. in different ways and unique ways. And yeah. um, I haven't felt far away from the church. It's just, it's just looked so different in the way that no. we, we kind of show up in our community. Um, so I, it'll be exciting when we can be in a different phase, but for now, I think we're doing a really good job continuing in the way that we are in a safe way. I know. I'm so grateful to John and Mac and Mary Carlisle and everyone who've yeah. know, sort of like turned nothing into something, I guess, <laughs> you know, sort of like pull community out of thin air a little bit. So, right. Right. Um, Caroline, thanks so much. This has been really fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. This, we, we could definitely talk, on talk on. all the time, but it's fun to have sort of a, you know, different sort of conversation like this when it's your sister. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like I, I answered all the questions, but maybe someone else needs to interview. interview <laughs> okay, maybe good. Mac can interview you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so uh, much. And um, yeah, really appreciate, you know, the conversation and I love you so much. Yeah, love you too. That was sisters Margaret Williams and Caroline Page. And we want to thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. And we're hopeful that you want to interview someone you know, or maybe someone you don't know here at Grace and Peace. If you're interested, come talk to me or talk to Joey Perez or shoot us an email at graceandpeoplepodcasts at gmail.com. That would be so cool because we really want to get to know all the people and share our stories so that we can have a tighter knit church community. Today's podcast was produced by myself and Joey Perez. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you next time. Take care.